Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast, a space where we will be revealing what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings, as a species, diving into a deep inquiry into body-mind consciousness, our way of being on the planet today, and our current relationship with our reality and with reality itself. My name is Nikki Clinch. I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and evidence, and coming into this podcast from the paradigm of ontology, looking at why you are the way you are, not as a you problem, but looking at it from the context of a human problem. This is not about you. This is about being human. My intention is that in this podcast, you will discover so many blind spots that are running you and your life and how reality is unfolding and that you can start to experience yourself as part of the human species rather than just an individual stuck in a story trying to solve your own problems. This is the time now on our planet to remember and embody and realize our infinite potential as a species. If you wanna dive even deeper beyond this podcast, you can download our 21 days of expansion, 21 powerful body-mind ontological activations, meditations for you to be able to work with your own rewiring and neural pathways to be able to create a fundamental shift in how you experience yourself, how you experience your reality and the way in which you are a co-creator in the world that you are getting. So just hit the link below to download 21 days and that can be yours starting now. But for now, let's dive into this podcast, The Infinite Potential of Being Human. I am so excited for you to explore and inquire and receive all the teachings and richness and education of the episodes ahead. Thank you so much. I'm Nikki Clinch. I'm delighted to be here with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. Welcome to this week's episode. It's wonderful to have you all here, new listeners and our regular listeners. Thank you so much for your support and for your commitment and just for your presence to be here today. I want to begin by just saying I have a slight cold. So, my voice is a little nasally. I was wondering whether I should wait till it was, it has fully passed before I recorded, but I felt so inspired to record today's episode for you that I thought I, you know, it doesn't sound that bad, right? So bear with me if I have a few sniffles or schnuffles <laughs> halfway through the episode, I will do my best to get through this as decently as possible. Today, I want to dive into a topic that is not comfortable. It's not comfortable for me talking about it. It's not going to be comfortable to listen to it. But it's I think it's a really important topic to talk about and to really unpack and get into the roots of it and get much, much deeper into the understanding of it and seeing the much bigger context of this topic and the importance of being able to see the much bigger picture. I want to unpack rage, pause for dramatic effect. I want to talk about and discuss and unpack 
rage, the human emotion of rage, and not as something separate from you or me, but something that is a pandemic in our species. I will make a bold statement. It is my opinion only. I have not done any data research on this, but I think that there is enough evidence to back it up that suppressed, unresolved, stuck, stagnant rage is a massive problem right now in the human species. Now, and I want to focus on rage over all the other emotions, because we could do the same for grief, or we could do the same for sadness. We could do the same for a lot of the emotions, but rage is probably the most controversial one um, and taboo one because most people may either one don't associate themselves with experiencing any rage. Most people think or associate rage as only for people who have anger issues and have to go to anger management or, or are violent. Of course it is connected to that, that, that sort of person too. And also in our society today, our relationship to very intense, dense, uncomfortable, not pretty emotions such as rage is extremely judgmental and shamed and put into a box where it's bad. So most of society will unconsciously or consciously have been conditioned to be ashamed or embarrassed or resistant to owning that we carry any rage in us at all. But I say we do. Now, why do I say we do? Have you looked at the world today? Do we live in a peaceful, loving, kind environment on our planet? Or would you say that aggressiveness, anger, conflict, battle is prevalent across our planet on a massively destructive scale, level? I think it would be fair to say that that is fact. And our external reality is a projection, a mirror to what is happening internally in human consciousness. The amount of war and violence and conflict, not just on, on a country to country level, but between individuals, gangs, knife attacks, gun attacks, bombings. And then let's take it even more on an individual level. Cancel culture, trolling, the amount of hate and judgment and battling and belittling and shaming and guilting that is just part of how we are living together on this planet. I think it would be safe to say we seem to be really, really angry. And a lot of you may be listening to this going, but we have a lot to be angry about. Well, yes, that is true. But let me ask you a question. 
what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I put that question in relation to our reality. Is it the reality that's making us angry? Or is it our rage that keeps creating a reality where conflict and battling and destruction is part of our norm? Just the way that we deal with our partners, the the way that we deal with each other can be just as aggressive and violence, violent ridden, rage ridden as a war between countries. And I say this with no judgment. I say this, let's look, let's zoom right out and look at this on a human being species level. Because God, can't, can't we just for this moment be that generous, be that humble, be that willing to look in a much, much, in a much bigger way why? Why are we like this with each other? Hands up. <laughs> I say hands up as if I could see your hands. I'm going to imagine your hands. Hands up, those of you who have found yourself in the middle of an argument with your partner or your teacher or your mother or your neighbor or just a random stranger and you have completely lost it and you have no idea really why, and you catch yourself for a millisecond, and you can see you are acting completely volatile and insane, but you cannot stop it. Those of you who see that, and I put my hand up too, maybe the rage is not out there only. Maybe, just maybe, it's sitting in the cells of our body consciousness, body-mind consciousness, that we are unconscious to or have been unconscious to, and it is running the show. It is whatever we resist grows stronger and will live our life. So that's why I want to unpack this topic unpacking rage and the possibility of alchemizing it. In fact, not just the possibility of alchemizing it for ourselves, but wow, the immense possibility and potential that becomes available if we are ready and willing to be so responsible for our own suppressed, frozen, stuck, stagnant child rage that sits in our bodies. The possibility of alchemizing that for our lives, for our reality, for the reality So even if you're still sitting on the fence of, oh, I don't have any, I'm not trying to convince you. This is not a judgment. I I invite you to at least, the very least, try on what I am about to say before you reject it. Okay? Let's at least make that agreement together. Okay. So rage. Rage is an extraordinary emotion. In fact, it has such a powerful energy to it. Every emotion is really a flow of life force, of life moving through the human body, moving through human consciousness. And rage is like a, it's like a power source 
that is not being faced, is not being accessed, is not being owned or felt or flowing. It's when it is suppressed and unhealed and unresolved and from our past, it is sitting stagnant in our body, mind, consciousness, stuck like a bullet stuck in a gun barrel. And the suppression of it, and remember, a blind spot is when we don't even know that we don't know that we don't know. So you're not doing anything wrong if you don't know it's there. You don't even know that you don't know that you don't know. A blind spot is only a blind spot when it it reveals itself as the blind spot in the moment. So it is a blind spot And the suppression of this rage that is sitting in the roots, in the lower chakras of our body-mind consciousness is keeping humanity and individuals stuck in a victim mentality and victim-blaming state of consciousness. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that on the planet? How much victimization mentality is prevalent? How much blaming is just the norm? which is of course the very root that keeps us as species stuck in our survival stories and mechanisms. Please go back and refer to the earlier episodes to this one. Listen to the one on self-responsibility. Listen to the one on the vicious circle. Listen to the one on body-mind identity. It is when we are blaming and stuck as the victim that we actually keep ourselves stuck in the vicious circle, in the survival stories and mechanisms. And most of the time, we don't even know we're doing it. It's unconscious. It's a blind spot. So this is a a, a really important piece, not an easy one, not remotely comfortable, but a really important one. In fact, firstly, the ability to bring consciousness to what is unconscious, i.e. rage, bringing consciousness to any suppressed rage that I am experiencing, that I carry in my body that I didn't even know was there, and then being willing to be responsible for it, to face it, to feel it, to process it, to let it move and flood through my body, to own it, to alchemize it. That, that is like the doorway and the threshold to us as a species maturing into a whole nother level of power and potential. So let's begin by looking at why I am saying a majority of humanity is likely carrying suppressed and unresolved childhood rage, frozen and stuck in their body, our body-mind consciousness. I want to read you an article by a Swiss psychologist and psychotherapist, Franz, F-R-A-N-Z, Rengli, R-E-N-G-G-L-I. He is a baby psychotherapist, baby therapist, and also, of course, just a a general psychologist and psychotherapist. But his practice is that he works a lot with babies, children, and their families, but also with adults who wish to have their earliest injuries and traumas from the very, very early stages of childhood healed. So let me read you a piece that he wrote. This is on his website. 
Behavior research has revealed that the first emotional learning experiences in the life of each human and animal infant are of absolute significance. I'm going to read that to you again because it's so important. Behavioral research has revealed that the first emotional learning experiences in the life of each human and animal infant are of absolute significance. In fact, they are irreversible, which is termed imprinting. So what he means by what he's saying there is the very first emotional experiences that we as babies have are so significant that they are irreversible. It's called a term called imprinting. So if you think, go back and listen to my episode on time, if you think that whatever happened, whatever you experienced as a baby has no impact on how you are being a human being today, that is incorrect. In fact, it has such a significant impact, it actually imprinted and it's irreversible. Now, what he means by irreversible is that you can't take it away. You can't fix it if it's already happened. But in maturation, we don't fix anything. We outgrow it. We face it. We take ownership of it. We are able to fully be with the past right here in the present. And then we outgrow it. We mature. We evolve because of it, not getting rid of it. So that's what I think he means by it's irreversible. In all developed societies, mother and baby are separated from each other in this extremely sensitive first phase of life. I'm back to reading his piece. The general rule is the higher the culture, the more radical the implementation of this separation, which can be understood as integration into the alienated life in towns. This means in the depth of the human souls of all developed societies, of all civilizations, is hidden a weeping, desperate, and furious baby. I'm going to read that again. The general rule is, the higher the culture, the more radical the implementation of this separation, which can be understood as integration into the alienated life in which we live in as the norm. This means, in the depth of the human souls of all developed societies, of all civilizations, is hidden a weeping, desperate, and furious baby. As we know now, thanks to prenatal psychology and psychotherapy, the psychic life of a person does not begin just after birth, but is already present during the whole pregnancy. An embryo and fetus, a baby in its mother's womb, is a fully sentient human being from the very beginning, from conception onwards. And birth is probably the most intensely fear-ridden experience in the life of any individual. We cannot remember this earliest phase of life, conception, pregnancy, birth, babyhood. However, the traces of these experiences, these earliest influences, 
are present in our bodies. Our body consciousness, I would say body-mind consciousness, our body consciousness forgets nothing. But it is precisely at this depth where our earliest injuries and traumas are lodged, that our greatest treasures are hidden, our creativity and intuition is buried. It is the source of our whole emotional life, the center of our ability to love and form relationships. It is also the source of all our addictions and destructivity. To open and release this human potential is the purpose of our lives. So powerful. So essentially what he's saying is the original first experiences, emotional experiences that we have as babies, and then those very early emotional experiences that we then have once born in that first year, have such a significant impact to our ability and our relationship with love, connection, intimacy, creativity, and our intuition. In fact, he would say that the most common animalistic emotion for human beings to experience, for babies to experience, who have experienced some form of emotional or physical separation or neglect during birth, during being in the womb and the immediate experiences after being born, I would say the first six months, will be experienced as animalistic rage. He said, furious babies. Let me ask you this. If you look at society today, if you look at our our world today, those of you who are mothers, you may find this easier to see. Don't you ever feel like we're, it's like the species is like a lot of angry babies having massive, rageful tantrums, just with a grown-up, mature adult body doing grown-up, mature adult things. It's kind of scary if you really let it in. So one of the most common animalistic experiences for any baby that has experienced a form of separation from mother. Remember, if you've listened to the episodes before this, and I speak about family field, the whole shaping of your relationship with intimacy, which is any anything to do with your own sense of self in relation to another human being or the world, the most common experience is animalistic rage. If there has been some kind of separation, violation, abuse, betrayal, either prenatal. So even when we're in the womb, even from the point of conception, we are already being impacted by the emotional experiences, usually that mother is having with the world, which is of course then baby experiences that in the womb, which is of course the beginnings of the passing down of generational traumas and stories and experiences. And let's not forget, we are animals. It is an animalistic reaction 
to be separated from your mother or to have some kind of emotional separation, to have some kind of emotional disconnection, to have some kind of lack of of deep emotional consciousness and connection as babies, as young babies, as in the womb, being born. And also he even says, birth itself is one of the most fear-ridden experiences for a baby. So how is it being handled? How is it being dealt with? How is it being held? So animalistic rage, we are animals, is one of the most common reactions to not having our needs met emotionally and on a consciousness level. Now, when I say that, oof, and you look, you look at humanity today, our relationship with birth and relationship with mother, two massive breakdowns, massive breakdowns in our society today equals huge amounts of animalistic rage that is unresolved, unexpressed, suppressed, stuck, that most people don't even know is there, sitting in the body, stored in the body. And if you've ever seen a baby crying out, frustrated, its entire body is shaking convulsing, like vibrating, that enormous amounts of energy in that tiny little body. In Chinese medicine, we would call it extreme yang. Now that is the explosive energy of suppressed stuck rage sitting in our body-mind consciousness. Now this is then stuffed down and suppressed at a very, very deep level, causing a multitude of imbalances and symptoms for human beings to be separate, to continue this experience of separation and disconnection, not just from each other, not just from the world, but even more impactfully from our own truest creativity, intuition, potential and power, which is really on a, on a, on an existential level, that's a crisis. That's an identity crisis that we don't even know we're having. We don't even know we're in. So let me give you some examples. You know, baby is in the womb mother is experiencing a lot of fights, a lot of difficulty in her world as she's pregnant, baby experiences that. Mother is hates getting fat or putting on weight. I mean, they're not fat if you're pregnant. I mean, I was. <laughs> I put on so much weight. <laughs> I kept telling myself it was the baby and my midwife was like, no, I think it might've been the kettle chips. <laughs> But mother is so in conflict with herself for putting on so much weight during pregnancy and doesn't know how to process her own stuff and hasn't done her own work. And so she is then in a lot of self-hate and anxiety and her own self-betrayal. And of course, baby experiences that. Or just looking at our birthing systems, 
you know, the way that birth is dealt with in our planet. It's like dealt with a clinical illness. It's so clinical and unemotional and there's, you know, babies are being pulled out with metal objects and or sucked out with vacuums or cut out. My babies were cut out, um, you know, in a clinical environment. And there's no judgment here. Like, please, this is, I, I had two cesareans. I, there, there's no judgment here. I just want us to be able to look at things as they are. And if you're getting triggered or reactive right now, instead of wanting to kind of shut down and pick a fight, which is exactly what we're trying to unpack here, it's probably because it's getting uncomfortable and this is painful to let in, right? But if we can zoom this out so that we're not looking at this as a you problem, oh, you did something wrong, or he did something wrong, or she did something wrong, or I did something wrong. If we can just take it out of that tiny little context and zoom right out and look at this on a human being level, on a human being context, that's what this whole podcast is about, then it's not personal to you. It's not you. You you are not the problem. This is a human problem. So, you know, you look at babies being born, going through one of its own, the most fear-ridden experiences that they could ever have. And it's being dealt with in a really clinical, non-emotional, not soothing, not nurturing, not nourishing way. And then babies born and taken away from mother straight away and separated. I cannot tell you how many people I have worked with in our programs, listening to life, our mastermind, in my one-to-one -one sessions, in my training, the alchemy of being, how many human beings I have worked with that I have taken into very, very deep regression processes back to the moment that they were being born and the amount of injury and trauma that had on them that literally was still living them through their whole life. How many times I have taken people into deep regressions in these programs that we've had to go back to when they're in the womb to reface and re-experience experiences they had in the womb that had such a significant impact on them that they were still completely unable to choose their life now as a 45, 50-year-old human being. So if you think the past is back there and has no impact on you, think again. It shaped everything in how your reality is unfolding and appearing to you. So whatever is unconscious is living our life. So let's bring consciousness to this huge, explosive, fiery, powerful energy force, which is our rage, baby rage. Whatever we are keeping suppressed is keeping us in that angry baby phase. And do angry babies get to be powerful, fulfilled, successful, empowered human beings? No, they don't. We don't. And I speak from personal experience. I have had to do this work. I couldn't even believe how much rage I was carrying, not just on an emotional level, but in my body, dense, thick energy stuck in my hips, stuck in my pelvis, stuck in my lower chakras, keeping me completely out of being able to be in that 
flow, that feminine flow for myself, it is a, it has a big impact. So let's have a look. How do you know if you have suppressed rage that needs to be faced and processed? Well, first of all, by listening to this conversation, if you are already starting to feel things moving and you're getting maybe emotional or triggered or activated, or and if anything is moving for you, that's probably a sure sign. Maybe you're feeling rage just listening to this conversation. So that's already a sure sign, but let's look at other things as well. Suppressed, stuck, frozen baby rage, furious baby sits in the lower regions of the body. Energetically, it is dense. It is thick. It has a stickiness to it and it wants to stay stuck. Why? Because our minds are that powerful and it is so uncomfortable to feel. It's explosive and a huge amount of energy, a huge amount of life force. So if we are keeping it down and keeping it stuck, like I said, it's like a bullet being stuck in a gun barrel. And also just think of how much energy we are having to use unconsciously to keep it down and buried. I'll give an example just so you can hear my story, if, it, if you might be able to identify. When my mentor presenced to me that I had all this rage that I wasn't facing, I started to feel it almost instantly as he brought it up. And I started to see things that I just couldn't see before. The amount I had to keep my life and myself at a certain level of control. Why? Because if I let go, the rage might slip out and I didn't want it to slip out. I didn't want anyone to see it. I didn't want anyone to know about it. And if you had a parent that was rageful, your mind is going to be even more resistant to letting it out because you won't want to be anything like them. But that's just resistance. And whatever we resist will grow powerful and live our life. So the amount of energy that we're having to use to keep in control, to keep micromanaged, to keep constantly controlling every little bit of thing so that this river of life force doesn't just flow out and slip out and expose us to ourselves first. Other signs that you may have suppressed rage if you struggle to use your voice, if you struggle with conflict, if you struggle with boundaries, if you struggle with saying what you really mean, saying what you really want, saying what you really feel, if you struggle with saying no, if you're always using your energy to people please, if you struggle to even be in your body at all, meaning do you struggle to breathe? Do you struggle to be still? Do you struggle with actually just having nothing to do? Are you always pushing yourself, controlling yourself, driving yourself? That is a trauma response. And it's also a very effective way to keep you out of being embodied and being in your body. If you stop or slow down and have nothing to do, you would have to feel. And that's one of the reasons why when COVID happened, it made so many people start to rethink their worlds because they every single bit of distraction that was taken away from most of the planet happened all at once. And so all these people 
that had no longer could go to the gym, no longer could go to work, no longer could use dating apps, no longer could go to the bar, to the pub. All these things that we use to distract ourselves were taken away. And what are we left with? Being with ourselves with nothing to do. If you struggle with alcohol, excess drinking of alcohol, addiction, eating disorders, overeating, starving yourself, binging, bulimia. I was bulimic. I was bulimic for 10 years. And now I look back on it, I realize what felt so good about being bulimic was it was me trying to get out this rage that I was feeling that I didn't know how to express, which of course is, you know, it's an explosive release when I'm bulimic. So all these things that you think are the reason why you're messed up, alcohol, addiction, eating disorders, drugs, extremes like that, that's not the problem. That's you trying to solve the problem. I was bulimic because I was trying to get out what I couldn't bear to be with for a moment in my own body. The obsession of controlling my food, the obsession of, of getting it, purging it out of my body and then exercise addiction, but also then binge eating and overeating, stuffing it down. So I didn't have to feel like these are all signs. I'm not saying that it 100% is. You're going to have to look for yourself, but they're all signs that you may have suppressed rage. If you have difficulties dealing with the everyday things of life, like making money, like working, keeping jobs, being in a job, having to be around any human beings at all, dealing with the world is usually the energy is not flowing or you're stuck trying to suppress it or resist it. Or maybe you're the other way, that you are so extreme in making money, in working, in in being in your jobs. You're like a taskmaster, constantly pushing and forcing and, and, and driving. That's another sign that there's suppressed rage. That And if it stops, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. And then there's the obvious signs. If you have explosive anger issues, tantrums, fights, if it's showing externally, but then equally, if you completely suppress it and you're completely obsessed with being positive and love and light and always having to do the next thing to be positive, to be positive, to be positive, because God forbid, if you stop for a moment, you would have to actually experience something deeply uncomfortable and more shadowy. It is, has a massive impact on depression, anxiety, panic attacks, digestive systems. It's internal tantrums that are not being spoken, that are not being felt, that, that the mind is stuck in a loop in. But then there are also physical symptoms as well, like hip pain, hip problems, sexual tension, sexual tightness, menstrual imbalances, digestive issues, lots of weight accumulated around the hips and belly and lower body, issues with embodying your power and potential. And maybe, this is what I see with my clients, that when you actually become a little bit powerful, it actually activates the rage and you're back in being an angry, furious baby. Either you'll stuff it down and sabotage or you'll act out. It is such an enormous amount of energy that if you were to experience your true power, you would simultaneously experience the unhealed suppressed rage. 
So what do we do? How do we solve this problem? Firstly, you can't fix a paradox. If the furious, angry baby is what is living your life and driving your behavior, there's no way to fix the furious, angry baby. You can only dissolve a paradox. You can only distinguish it, see it. Can you see the furious baby? And I don't just mean see on a conceptual level, but I mean, can you bring awareness? Can you bring consciousness? And now in order to do that, we have to come out of blaming. We have to come out of judging and we have to look at ourselves. Remember, this is not a you problem. This is a human problem. What we resist will grow stronger, is growing stronger, and we'll live our life. What happens if we, as a species, are ready to come out of this unconscious blind spot and to take ownership and 100% responsibility for the furious baby inside each one of us? The possibility to face this fiery energy without needing to blame anyone. Wow, when I really took it on, firstly, what I experienced was as soon as I came out of trying to resist it and hide it and control it, I got a massive rush of energy because all that energy I was using to try to hide it was released and I was then able to be with it. It was very uncomfortable and boy, was it massive. I had to do some stomping. I had to do some roaring. I had to constantly just kind of bring my consciousness to allow this fire flood just move through my body. It felt like ants crawling up my skin. It was so uncomfortable, but at least it was flowing. And simultaneously, I started to notice massive shifts start happening in my reality. Suddenly things were manifesting in my world. Suddenly things were flowing in my world not because I was being more enraged, but because I was actually being with the rage. So, which means it was flowing again. It wasn't stuck. And it's life force. It's power. It's energy moving. Maturation is a process of unfreezing and unsticking. Unstucking, is that even a word? What is stuck and frozen of past? The possibility of returning home to the buried creativity, intuition, potential that has been at the root for you all this time. That's why when you come into our programs, into any of our mentorship or or coaching, we will never just give you strategies. Oh, do this and go and make more money or or do this and, and go and be a happier person. No, we have to get to the root of what's running the whole thing because then your entire reality shifts, not just the actions you take, your entire being, your whole way of being. Energy begins to flow again and you use your voice, you speak your truth. You start to take actions that you need to take because you access a whole nother level of power. You access power and the ability to create and manifest things in your world and reality that you never even could touch before. But also it melts the armor around your heart. 
and you start to access another level of compassion, love, kindness, care, patience, the ability to see beyond just our reactions. Now, all of this is only possible if we are ready to move into the domain of learning and move out of the domain of blaming. Please go back and listen to that episode, Blaming Not Learning, Blaming Versus Learning. To be humble, this is not a you problem. This is a human problem. To be courageous, we have this much power. We actually have this much power. We take this on and we can shift how reality unfolds. Go back and listen to my episode on paradigm shift. We have that much power. I believe that we are stepping into an era of a new kind of human being. The possibility of us embodying and realizing and discovering our true potential, not just as a me and a you, but as a species. So I think that's enough for today. I hope that you have found that insightful and useful. Here's some journal prompts to go away and work with. Firstly, I think you should just journal on anything that's coming up for you from listening to this episode. Like just write three A4 sheets of paper on everything and anything that's coming up for you just from listening to this, particularly if you're activated. And then go back and have a look. Look at do you suffer from any of the symptoms that I mentioned in the episode? Do I struggle to be in my body? Am I fidgety? Am I always pushing? Am I always driving? Um, am I always in control? She said that it sits in the lower half of my body. Can I even bear to be in the lower half of my body? Am I ready? Am I ready to take on and experience this energy? And also, if you want to, go back and have a look at your how you arrived in the world. Was there anything significant happening when you were in the womb? Now, it's quite hard to go and see all this yourself. Like when I work with people and we work with people in our programs, we take them into processes where we are able to bring consciousness and insight to the experience that was absorbed in those early moments. So you know, maybe you'll be ready to come into your maturation. You can come and work in any of the programs that we offer, and then you can have someone else help you go back and have a look at these early stages, these early moments and imprints. Franz Rengli said that those initial emotional experiences are irreversible. They cannot be fixed. But what's even more powerful than fixing something is outgrowing it. It's even more powerful to have had the injury or the trauma, to then bring consciousness and seeing to it, to have, to do the work, to face it and experience it and be with it and be responsible for it, maturation. And through that process, you evolve and outgrow it. That is even more powerful than fixing. So do not lose hope. This is just the beginning of you discovering just how powerful you are. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you found this episode useful, 
please do share it with the people around you. If you feel that anyone you know would benefit from listening to this episode or any of the episodes, please do share them far and wide. This is a human problem. This is not a you problem. So if you are human, this relates to you. If you want to support the podcast, please do go to Spotify or Apple and leave a star rating or leave us a written review in Apple. And more importantly, just spread it. Let more and more people listen to it. The more listens we get, the more this podcast can help. So for now, if you have any questions, if you want to share any of your experiences, you can always head over to my Instagram at Nikki underscore clinch, write any of your experiences under the comments of any of the podcast posts. You can write to us at support at NikkiClinch.com or just please keep coming back. Thank you so much for listening. This is the infinite potential of being human podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch. I'll see you next week. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with myself, Nikki Clinch, as your host. If you want to ensure that you experience a fundamental shift, not just in how you are living your life, but in who you are being in it, a paradigm shift in who you are being starting now, please download our 21 days of expansion activation process. 21 activations for 21 days of body, mind, ontological activations for you to be able to work with you both in the experiential aspects of your body and the wiring of your neural pathways in your mind. You can own this for the rest of your life and create that shift starting now. From this place, you can discover the infinite potential of being human and the aspects of the power and the aliveness that is waiting for you to discover it and realize it now. So download the link below to access your 21 days of expansion and let us know how those shifts start landing in your world. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. I will see you next week.